0: Ready for some word today? Yes. If you have a Bible, go ahead and get that out. And uh, shout out to those in the overflow. We're with you today. Glad you made it in the building, parking lot and building. And uh, uh, Genesis chapter 3, if you have a Bible or a Bible app, uh, we want to go to Genesis chapter 3. And then also, if you could find a second place, um, Colossians chapter 1. And so today is the big day. Resurrection Day, celebrating the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And uh, of course, the gospel message is the central theme of the whole Bible. It's important for us to know that there are many uh, accounts of historical events that we read about. There's much in the scripture about you know, wisdom, how to deal with your money and how to deal with difficult people and and all that kind of stuff, which is tremendously valuable to us. Nevertheless, we'd never want to miss the main point, And that is this book is about Jesus. And what's interesting, it's about Jesus even when his name is not used. So uh, all through the, the scripture, we see that he is the subject from beginning to end. And the reason is, Uh, is I need and you need more than just wisdom on how to deal with things in life, family issues and money issues. I appreciate that. That helps tremendously, but I need more than that. Why? Because sin is a real issue. And I needed to be saved. I needed someone to step in and fix what I couldn't fix. Are you with me? Some things you can fix with a little bit of insight and wisdom and good decision-making. Some things are out of our control. I can't fix that. I'm in trouble unless someone fixes it for me. And that's why Jesus is the center fo- central focus of all this. Uh, in Genesis, if you know the story at all, the creation of the world, the creation of mankind, the fall, uh, Adam and Eve's disobedience. And then God stepped in and started making pronouncements after they fell. And I just want to read one part of that in chapter 3 and verse 15. It reads here, And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now, Say what world does that mean? <laughs> this is this is an example of what is often referred to as the law of double reference. You find this frequently in the Old Testament, but you see it in, in New as well, where there is a word spoken to one, but it also encompasses or speaks to the invisible force behind that. Okay, in this situation speaking to a serpent. I mean, what's up with that? But it's really talking about that old serpent, the devil, right? The scriptures call Satan that old serpent. And, and so this is a, a word given uh, to Satan, even though it's talking to the serpent. And it's similar to when uh, Jesus was talking one day about how he would be, you know, arrested, how he'd be crucified and Peter got in his face and said, oh, no, 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 that's never going to happen to you, Lord. And Jesus got back in his face and he looked at him and said, get behind me, Satan. So, so who is Jesus addressing, Peter or Satan? Yes. <laughs> in one sense, I mean, if, if, if Satan was giving you those words and it came out of your mouth, uh, You would kind of take it personally, like, I better stop giving voice to those wrong thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. And so, but it was dealing with two things at once. Here, we can see uh, that it's referencing the seed of the woman. And most of us know that's talking about Jesus. But that is, it's interesting because normally you don't talk about people as seed of a woman. They would, they're referred to as the seed of, of, of a man. And we understand the biology of that and everything. And we understand that, that that language is typically used. This is kind of a veiled reference, a prophetic picture, if you will, of the virgin birth. How Jesus would be born of a woman, but his father was not Joseph, right? His father was God. And so he's saying the seed of the woman is going to uh, going to bruise your head. So what we have when you read the Bible is you've got the it's really the largest portion of it, you know, page wise. But the Old Testament is often referred to as um, Jesus concealed. Like this is one verse where he's concealed. But Jesus is in that verse. And then you've got the Gospels, or you could just say the New Testament then is Jesus revealed. And within the New Testament, you see the Gospels, which are you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that, that shows us the physical life and ministry of Jesus, as well as his physical death, his trial, his torture, his death on the cross, and then his resurrection from the grave and ascension to the right hand of the Father. That's all physical. Then you, you keep reading in the, in the Bible and you get to the letters to the church and that's where you see behind the scenes. That's where you get revelation and understand when Jesus died, this is what really was happening. Because from the outside, you might think, you know, you got the two other crooks and you got Jesus. What's the difference? Okay. But spiritually speaking, it was way different. Two dudes are dying for themselves and one guy, the guy on the middle cross, right, he's the one. He's not dying for himself. He's dying for the sins of the world. And we see in the, in the letters to the churches all that took place behind the scenes and, what, and some of what transpired between his death and his resurrection, okay? And these are some of the important matters that if we understand them, it will produce a real and lasting change in our lives And not just talking about heaven, that's the lasting part, but even in this life. And so I want to, you know, kind of open this up a little bit today and and, and talk about some of these things. And and what's going to happen is the Spirit of God is going to connect with this today. And there'll be literal and real physical changes that take place in your life. All right. And some it'll be spiritual, too. And it'll last forever. and You get saved. But, but other people will get some things totally straightened out in their life today. And it'll be not just by your own efforts, like you're so smart, <laughs> or I'm so smart. No, it'll be uh, about the power of God intersecting with your present tense life. Amen. Okay. And so uh, Colossians chapter one, did you see that? That verse, uh, Colossians chapter one, or that chapter rather, and then verses 15 through 17. It reads, he, that's Jesus, I want you to get the point that Jesus is the focus. He's the center of it all. He's the beginning. He's the end, the alpha and the omega, right? He's the one who was and is and is to come. He's the one who's holding everything together. So if I read the Bible and don't come away with, with, with my mind uh, settled and full of Jesus, I've missed something. I, I, what I've missed, I may have gotten some good things, but I've kind of missed the main thing. I've missed the main point. And so uh, Jesus being the, the central focus is what we have to get out of all of this. Now, his resurrection, then, is the foundation for everything else that we do. Take the resurrection away, and it is written that our faith is in vain. Take the resurrection away. We're just playing religious games. We're just doing the mo, going through the motions. We're doing religious things. We're doing what people who have no connection to God will do. And it lacks life, it lacks power. Uh, And so his resurrection is now victory over death. It's his victory, but it's also our victory, right? His resurrection is victory over death. And that means more than he was dead and now he's alive, it means death in all of its manifestations, in all of its forms, has been dealt a death blow, Amen. okay? What, what do we mean death in all of its forms? There are a lot of things we deal with in life that are basically death at a different angle, okay? Sickness is death. Depression is death. Poverty is death, right? Broken up marriages and, and despair and hopelessness is death. Death takes on many faces and it's ugly to the core. We hate it. That's what Jesus defeated. All of it, 100%, all of it was defeated um, through his resurrection. That's why this is so important. And that's why, listen, I can relate to this not only when I die and go to heaven. I can relate to it here and now because all those things are, are, are things I have to deal with. And and thank God Jesus already dealt this blow to them. And so here's the way to view this, the the proper way, the helpful way. Christ's resurrection was our resurrection. If I don't make a connection between him being raised and me being raised, not in the future, but even in the now, him being raised and me being raised, then him being raised was a waste as far as I'm concerned. If I don't make that connection, if I can't see how Him being raised from the dead changes the way I think and live and conduct myself in life, then I'm missing out on the biggest event in history. Okay? It's like uh, Paul wrote to the uh, to the Galatians in chapter 2, and he said, I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with with Christ. Now, now, someone might say, oh, I've always wondered what those guys' names were. <laughs> you know, on the on cross. <laughs> it was Paul. <laughs> well, then how did he write this later? <laughs> no, that's not what he means. He just means that he was, in essence, in Christ, or Jesus was taken his place, like he took our place. What he was doing was accounted to Paul. Amen. He said, I died. <clears throat> You know another place he said, my old man was crucified with Christ. Right? That doesn't mean his dad. Right? He said, that my old me, the old me, dead with Christ. And that's why we also see again and again in Scripture that we were raised with him. Not just he was raised, I was raised. So watch, if he became victorious over death in all of its forms, so did you. And so did I. That's why we can say, and listen, listen, we ought to. I'm victorious over death. I'm victorious over sin. I'm victorious over sickness. I'm victorious over over darkness, depression, doubt, and despair. I'm victorious over blown up marriages and and families and relationships. I am victorious. It's not taking credit or being prideful because we know we couldn't do it without him. And it was really just us in him that did it. But that victory must be personalized. Otherwise, it does us no good. Otherwise, we're just, you know, we're at a concert saying, they're awesome. Those musicians, they're wonderful. Yay. And it's true. We we shout praise and gratitude to the Lord. But we are a part of this. And that's what it was intended to do. Because how many know God didn't need victory over death? He was never under death. He was never defeated. It's I, I needed it. You needed it. And that's why he did it. Let me remind you of a couple passages. First of all, before I get on to the, the, the thing I want to say, that's going to really be good. Uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 3. Paul writes here, For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the To the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve, and after that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that he was seen by James, then all the apostles, then last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. And he also wrote then to Timothy in 2 Timothy, he said this in chapter 2. He said, I'm reading off the screen here. He said, uh, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Amen. And so there is no doubt, no question, that the Bible, that prophecy, that all these things point to and magnify again and again, and we could give you many other verses, that Jesus was physically raised from the dead. But there, there are some events that took place behind the scenes that we should also be aware of, okay? In other words, we say rightly so that Jesus died for our sins or that his blood was effectual in paying the price and washing away our sins. 100% true, 100% we should magnify this, but there was something else. And it goes back to the bruise in Genesis 3. What, what Jesus did through his death and resurrection was defeat the dude who ca- has caused so much pain and suffering in this world. And this is significant. Listen, he's called Satan. He's called, you know, that old serpent. And other things, he's a liar. He's a deceiver. He's a murderer. He's, he's the one who tempts. He destroys He's the accuser. He's referred to as our adversary. This guy, Satan, is no, no friend of ours. If anyone ever thinks, well, he just needs to grow a little bit and mature, maybe, maybe there's redemptive hope. <laughs> there, There's not. This, this dude is evil to the core, He and he hates your guts. Let me say it another way. Every ounce of misery that you or anyone else has ever experienced in this life. Any kind and all kinds of misery has its roots, has its influence from Satan. I'm saying even those things that are, you know, very practically our fault. I made some wrong, wrong choices. I did the wrong things. And I'm suffering for my own decisions. Even those things... I was still being manipulated. I was still being lied to. I was still being tempted to do wrong things and make wrong decisions. I'm saying, if you could identify the worst time in your life, and maybe that's even now, but you could identify the most significant pain and suffering and anguish that you've ever dealt with, and you could find the source of it, the one, if it wasn't for this dude, none of that would have happened. What would you do? <laughs> I mean, the old guy, you know, the one that was crucified with Christ, he'd take him out to the woodshed, he'd cuss him out, beat him up, yeah. right? But now we know better, right? Now I know that would do no good. I was in church one time years ago, and the, you know, the preacher said something about, Put the, tell the devil he's under your feet, you know, and that's a, from Ephesians 2. And uh, so people were doing that. You're under my feet. And, uh, and I was sitting behind this guy and he looked down and he said, devil, you jerk. <laughs> and I was just laughing at him. I thought, you know, that probably didn't do any good to call him names. <laughs> but what does do good is when you know and I know that he's been defeated. Yes. That Jesus already removed this power that He had. Now, remember the Scripture? The seed of the woman will bruise His head. What's that? Well, the head represents authority. One of the things that Jesus did through His death and resurrection is He took back the authority that Satan gained through Adam's submission to His will. That's how Satan got his foothold in the earth today. And he got authorized to kill, steal, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came and he bruised him. In other words, he took that authority, the head, back and he handed it over to the church. So we could get back to a position of ruling and reigning in life and no longer be dominated by death. It was one of the first prophecies that that has now been established and fulfilled. Jesus crushed Satan's right to rule in this life. Now, if you're in Colossians there, look at chapter 2 and notice verse 15. This is behind the scenes. This is behind the veil. The spiritual events that were invisible to those who watched his death and resurrection. And it says, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Those principalities and powers were wicked spirits that had gained control and power to rule and destroy people. He disarmed them. Right? He took their gun. Took their bullets. Yeah? Uh, Listen to this. Same verse from uh, the Renner interpretive version. Put that up if you will. It it reads, He completely stripped principalities and powers and left them utterly naked. Nothing was left at their disposal with which to retaliate. He boldly, confidently, loudly, blatantly, and publicly exposed and displayed this now defunct foe, leading a gallant triumphal parade in celebration of the enemy's defeat and his victory. As part of his triumphal process, he flaunted the spoils, seized from the hand of the enemy. Yet the greatest spectacle of all occurred when the enemy himself was openly put on display as bound, disgraced, disabled, defeated, humiliated, and stripped bare. Amen. I tell you, if we know that number one, God is not our problem, he's not the one, bringing us harm. And secondly, we know that the source of that is defeated. He has been stripped bare. He has been laid to waste and he has lost his power. How will that affect what we put up with in our lives? You know, so many times we allow things to exist. One, because we either think that God did it, Or two, because we don't know that we can now do something about it. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to get our foot on that bruise and push a little bit. (laughs) Anybody anybody ever had a bruise? (laughs) How many know if you have a bruise um, and it's not like, you know, say on the bottom of your foot or something, you go through your life, you hardly even know it's there unless you can see it. It doesn't affect you until someone pushes it. (laughs) Right. And if you push on it, oh, I feel that. Feel that what's going on there? We are, you're pushing on that, that pressure point that causes pain. Our job as those who were raised with Christ is to push on the bruise. Amen. He comes attacking your family, he comes attacking your health, gets involved with your finances, your emotions, your uh, different aspects of your life. What should you do? Push on the bruise. Yeah, what am I saying? You are defeated, you dork. <laughs> you <laughs> You snake, you are defeated. You don't have the power to rule in my life. You can't put this on me. We push. Mm, mm, mm. Remember Jesus? Mm, mm, mm. He stripped you bare. He laid you waste. You've lost all your power. I'm not putting up with this anymore. I'm not going to have this in my life. Mm, mm, mm. How do I do that practically? I use the name of Jesus. I use that wonderful, powerful name that's been delegated to me as a, as a child of God. And I say, this is not going to stand. I'm not going to permit this. This is going to leave. I'm not going to have this in my life any longer in Jesus' name. Yes. What are we doing? We're invoking the memories of this great defeat. Yes. Come on. We are, we are celebrating the resurrection, the victory that Jesus has over the devil. Yes. Amen. Amen. And we don't have to put up with that garbage any longer. Now, Because of this, and let me tie something else in here. At the beginning of this year, I had uh, inspiration, revelation multiple times that came out through words, through prophecy, through other things about the Lord being, uh, about Him restoring people's lives, how He is our redemption, you know, we're redeemed, that means we're bought back, Jesus suffered and died not just for our eternity, but for our now. So we could get back what Satan has stolen. Yeah. And these words about Lord adding things back, bringing things back, bringing people back together, restoring relationships, restoring health, bringing finances that have been, that have been lost through various methods. And the Lord was bringing things back. And I thought, praise God. And we've already heard testimonies about this. But as I prayed for you and and, and studied and and got before the Lord for this service today, I knew obviously the focus is the resurrection of Jesus, but it's also our connection with it. Because it is still the heart of God and the will of God and the moving and present manifestation of the Spirit of God to bring things back to people that have been lost. I, I, I think about it this way. Redemption. And think about these words restoration, renewal, revitalization, restitution. Because of what Jesus did, we can rise up, we can come back, we can be restored, and we can get, we can recapture what has been stolen. Amen. Amen. These are the things that the Lord has designed for us. Put the rest of that up on the screen, if you would, so they can see it and hear it at the same time. And, uh, This is why Jesus was raised from the dead, so we wouldn't be under the curse of having our lives stripped bare from all these blessings and things that he wants for us. Satan is the one who was stripped bare. (laughs) So we wouldn't have to be. Amen. Amen. And I don't know what that might look like for you. But but personalize it, if you will. What might that look like in, in, in your life? Could it be a lost relationship? I'm talking about things that need to be restored. Things that need to be brought back. Could it be a lost relationship? Could it be health stolen? Could it be, you know, your reputation that's been damaged? Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's your sanity. Maybe it's, you know, peace. You used to be at peace and now you're just pulling your hair out. You know, maybe it's confidence. You lost your confidence for various things that have happened. Or it can't even be described as years lost. One of the things the Lord does is he restores years. And uh, you may say, how how does that happen? You know, I'm not talking about time travel, (laughs) even though I'm a fan. (laughs) But I'm talking about the Lord being able to take when someone has wasted seasons, months, years, many years in their life where they've uh, through poor choices, through you know, wrong living, through things that have happened to them that were somewhat out of their control. But the Lord can come back and He can compress time. Here's what I mean by that. Even to where uh, what would normally take three years takes six months. He magnifies your effectiveness, your fruitfulness you know, compresses the the joy and peace of God. It's like, wow, I've come so far in a short time. I believe he wants to restore people. I believe Jesus died and was raised from the dead to make this possible. So that time lost can be regained and he can magnify. Someone says, I'm 95 and I've, how's that going to work with me? I, can, I can't say exactly, but I can tell you the Lord can restore and I could very much see someone leaving this earth saying, my last few years were, they were like a lifetime in those few years. A lifetime of fullness. He is able to do what we can't mentally comprehend. But he is a restorer. Satan wants to rip people off and does day and night. In large part, because they don't know that he's been defeated. And so we say, what can I do? Lord, why are you making this happen? He's saying, I'm not. But if you'll use my word, you'll use my name, you'll take this resurrection and make it personal for you, you'll come up. I tell you, Jesus was raised so we could be raised. He's alive so we could experience life. In heaven, for sure. But here, now, 100%. Amen. I want to read you one last verse today from from the book of Acts. And it is um, just a different way of saying these things because they were were preaching. This is right after the resurrection and the day of Pentecost, and they're preaching the gospel, preaching Jesus raised from the dead. And then this, this statement was given, Acts 3.19. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. Now notice, So that, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Does anybody connect with that word? Refreshing. We know that's different than freshing. (laughs) It's, It's this whole restore, renew, refresh. Refresh. That's, he said, if you'll do this because of Jesus, his death, his resurrection, if you'll repent, repent means to turn. It's a change of mind. I was going that way, now I'm going this way. If you'll turn to me and be converted, your sins get blotted out and you get refreshed, restored, renewed, revived, made alive. You get what you lost. You get what was stolen from you. You get what the enemy has done. You get all that reversed. And you come out full. You come out refreshed. You come out restored. You come out with new hope, with a new perspective, with a new life. Come on. It's the Lord's work. It's the Lord doing. Doing this for us and doing this in us and through us. Amen. So I want you to do this if you you would. Uh, if, If you would think for a moment about yourself and if there's a connection with you, because I want to pray, and we're going we're gonna to do business so that you can experience some of these things right here before you leave. Yeah. Not, this is not, I don't believe in just preaching theory. Oh, that's a wonderful message. That was nice. Yay. You know. <laughs> Man, if it doesn't impact me personally, was it even God? Yeah. Okay, so think about it. Is there something that you could identify in your own life? And if you can't, this is Okay for now you can accept the general principle something that's been lost something that's been stolen so, even if it was even if you had your hand in it i'm not we're not here to cut to point blame because he re- took our shame yeah. from us something that that you need restored back to you refreshed renewed revived in you if there is something that you can identify then let's pray over that right now okay And can I ask you to do this? No, I'm not going to ask you to do that. You just do what you're doing. I'm going to pray over you right now, and uh, and if it's you, you identify this in your own heart and uh, receive the prayer, and then I'm going to have you say something. All right? So you you lay hold of this because God works through our mouths. Father, I thank you for these right here, right now. Thank you, Lord. The Holy Spirit of God is working mightily in their lives. Lord, you have reminded us of what resurrection means for us. And I pray that you would now, by your spirit, bring back and bring direction and bring back comfort and bring back peace and bring back health and bring back years and bring back life and bring back finances, bring back opportunities. Bring back, bring back what's been lost, what's been stolen, what's been taken away. Do it on the basis of Jesus, Jesus giving his life for us and being raised back to life. On this basis, Lord, we receive the fullness from your hand. Thank you, Lord. Now, everybody say it out loud. Say, I believe. What Jesus did for me. me. Now Satan, Satan, take your hand off my life. life. Let go of my finances. finances. Get out of my mind. Get out of my family. Get out of my my body. body. Leave my life alone. alone. I demand demand that you stop. You 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 desist desist in your activities activities against against my life. Do it in Jesus' name. You are defeated. Jesus is victorious. And I'm not going to permit it any longer. Now, Father, I'm looking to you. You're my source, the author of life. I receive from you your grace, your all-sufficient grace, your abundant provision. You can do what no man can do. I receive as a gift of God your blessing in, blessing in my life. And I will never be the same. Be the same. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.